Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful.com. I am Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Joe Holbert. Joe, Slayer of Wrestling Features, you wrote about Goldberg. How'd that go for you? <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to like find it and be like, "Hey, let's find this guy." That would be the end. That would be the end of the Slayer of Wrestling Features. It's a different vibe today. I would say the sun is out, but it is not. It's just a lot of rain, but it is bright at least. I say it so. looks bright and yeah, it's gleaming off the side of my pale face yeah. as you can see there. So. Yeah, it's a different vibe. I'm very excited because we get to talk about things that aren't Super Showdown. Right? You know, yeah. Win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on Super Showdown, we were actually on the post-show podcast with a a very... How would you describe, Sean? De- dejected and angry? Yeah, enraged. I yeah, would probably enraged. Yeah. Very... Dejected feels too soft for it. I think <laughs> it, was more, it was more fire in it than that, you know? He was he was dejected by the end of it. It just felt like he'd given up. Yeah. Well, I don't blame him. Look, the thing is, Jeremy, is he's going to actually have to watch these shows. <laughs> you know, we can pretend to watch them with our show and just say, don't make it a topic. But he has to actually watch them. So it's a different, it's a different ball game, you know? I've got to watch them too, though. Like, i got to write these articles you do. on... Okay, let me speak for myself. I don't have to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> so I just will just stop any topics for things I don't watch. But, you know, you can figure out why I don't watch in that sense, you know? Uh, Sean called us trolls on the yeah. podcast last yes. night. Yeah. I must admit, it was a very, like, telling moment for this podcast. Cause it was like, <laughs> we really are on our own path here, because I didn't realize people were going to be that angry. I was so accepting of it. I was like, yeah, sure. I don't know. Like, I just don't, I can't get that angry anymore. But yeah, I appreciate some people can, you know? It's funny because before the match happened like i was excited because i was like you i was like well whatever happens it's either going to be stupid yeah. or it's going to be kind of cool and awesome either way sean yeah. messages and just goes i'm dreading this <laughs> and this is before the match started i'm just like i'm very excited and i think right then he knew like all right what have i gotten myself he called me hulk hogan last night i perfected wow. the hogan of just uh, bullshitting the story to to make it sound grander, I guess. 
<laughs> well, I, I must admit, I mean, again, look, I did a whole feature about this, so clearly I'm a, you know, I'm a culprit, but I will never not, like, find some kind of enjoyment out of the Goldberg stuff. It's just hilarious to me. I find everything about it funny. I, I honestly do. Some of it's, like, legitimately exciting to me. This match wasn't, I'll be honest. No. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, man. It's it. You know, again, we spoke about it yesterday. You know, or, or we, you know, we tried to calm Sean with our own <laughs> style, with our own style of analysis. But yeah, it is what it is. I was very much ready for that result. Didn't surprise me. Check out fightful.com again. You can listen to the uh, post Saudi podcast with myself, Joe, and Sean. Sean posted a clip of his uh, epic triggered rant that he went on with a. Uh, Goldberg and Bray Wyatt. Check out FightfulSelect.com. I think Alex Pulowski did a free preview of uh, Sour Graps that was on the website last night talking about the, the Saudi show. But if you want more of Alex Pulowski and his uh, rants where he's dejected and uh, enraged about pretty much everything, I feel like, whether it's Raw or, or SmackDown. Not NXT and AEW. He does the uh, post show on Wednesdays with Warren and Sean. But if you want to hear his... Uh, dejected and enraged thoughts elsewhere fightfulselect.com you get get that podcast you get early access to joe's features you get a bunch of news and exclusives and extra audio and things like that so that's the best way to support everything we do i need that second pool for my kids much like uh the oc that's why they went back to. by the way what a team they are in saudi arabia (laughs) let's give them some love man we we glossed over that last night right them in mansoor like you, yeah. you, you pair up those three. That's the unbeatable wow. trio in Saudi. Never open weight six man tag champs, right? Of the future, Saudi you know? open weight six man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going to be talking about a lot of AEW, AEW Revolution this weekend. Big show. Very excited for this show. If you want to hear us talk about good things, listen to this show because we're going to talk about AEW. We're going to talk about the return of John Cena on SmackDown, where you're going to talk Elimination Chamber, uh, a little bit of uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, that's wrestling, right? And uh, Zion Williamson and, and LeBron this weekend as well, so that, that's definitely not wrestling, but hey, Ric Flair was in the Lakers <laughs> game. Uh, the, he was, yes. So every, Do we know what? Or did just... He was just there to hype up the team. It was his birthday. The Lakers probably just said, hey, you want to come give a pregame speech? And Ric Flair, being Ric Flair, was like, how much you paying? And then he, they made the deal. Fine with me. He seems to be enjoying himself, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's fine with me. The gimmick on this show is we put time on a clock. We talk about that topic until the time expires, and then we still kind of keep talking about the topic. We go over the time. So it's our show. What are you going to do? All right, let's start with AEW, Joe. And we're actually going to put 10 minutes on the clock for this. Man, oh. big time. Oh. Never gone to the 10-minute mark. But oh. there's a lot to talk about with this AEW show. AEW Revolution, Cody actually said this could be their WrestleMania, like their big one, making mm. it sound like they have a, a very cool stage design for this, like a, a bigger entrance than normal. I don't, I don't know what he was hinting at, but that's a bold claim by one of the four co-executive vice presidents. Yeah, I always just assumed it would be either All Out or the Vegas show in May, which I I always assumed. But Revolution is, I guess, kind of like it fits their actual brand rather than just constantly going back to the the origins of it, if that makes sense. So 
I don't know. I'm interested to see what the stage and stuff looks like. They've done a pretty good job with that in general, right? Like, the shows look great. They look big time. And then sometimes they look a little bit wacky, which is always a bonus. There's a lot of WCW there, I feel. So, yeah. Yeah, they've done a good job with the... The full gear stage was cool. They always do a good job of, like, interacting with the stage, too. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they'll have matches that kind of go all over the place, and they'll break things. And, like, the Bash at the Beach stuff was, was very good. And, obviously, the Jericho Cruise was a big aesthetic. Um... Main event, Chris Jericho, John Moxley for the AEW Championship. AEW Tag Team Titles, Omega and Page against the Young Bucks. Women's Championship, Nyla Rose, Chris Statlander. We got Cody MJF, Dustin Rhodes, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, Pac and Orange Cassidy. And I guess Dark Order and SCU is on the uh, buy-in show. Joe, what stands out to you on this card? The big three, I think, is the Cody MJF. Moxley, Jericho, and the tag titles. For me, I'm most into Cody MJF. I'm legitimately fascinated to see how... Like, I'm interested if they're just going to have Cody win, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, so then the question becomes, how do you avoid that? I'm interested to see what kind of match they go with. You know, we've seen Cody do, like, a lot, like some longer matches on the pay-per-views, right? But this feels like it could be a little bit different, I think. This could be more violent than it is, like, a sort of lengthy classic. But, uh... Them three will have a lot of... I must admit, like, you know, I don't want to overdo the, the praise and stuff because it's just a good wrestling show. And like, But this pay-per-view is really excellently built to. And each week of February has been an amazing month for them. I feel like every TV them now. So it's a massive credit to them too that they left um, Cody and MJF off of this week's show. And the show, I thought, was, like, still excellent. So... That's that's a big positive for me. It's it's uh, Cody Cody and MJF, but Moxley and Jericho's cool, and the tag titles. I'm fascinated as to what they do with uh, with that. I think you may have seen a little something this week with the Bucks being the the heels of the of the picture. You know, I think that's going to be the best wrestling match, the, yeah. the tag team title match, um, and the, they'll do a lot of little little things that people pick up on if you watch like everything like dark and being the elite and follow all the twitter stuff and and whatnot but i think from just a, a pure like entertainment uh balls to the wall excitement aspect I, it's gonna be tough to, to top that match i think cody and mjf will be very story based because that's mm -hmm. pretty much what cody has done uh for his aew career and he's done it excellently like we, we've talked many times how cody has just been a god in AEW and just the wrestling industry over the past year. Yeah, I want to say something. I don't want to give myself some credit, Jeremy. Uh, I watched AEW Dark this morning. So I would like for everyone just who's watching this now to take a moment to think for me. I did, I, you know, I supported I supported a product that was a big step for me because I know what's coming next week, Yeah, Jeremy. So I thought I'd prepare myself. And I must say I enjoyed it. I didn't realize they packed that much wrestling in the show, though. I thought it was more like a sort of like a recap thing with like two matches. It's not that at all. There's just matches, long matches. Um, what do you think is your, what's your lock of the night, Jeremy? What's your pick? You're saying that's a guaranteed uh, win or loss. Um, I mean, Pac and Orange Cassidy, like, is a guaranteed <laughs> As I was win. asking the question, I realized, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you're going to beat Pac on that. I think Hager over Rhodes is pretty much a lock as well. I'm not yeah. sure why you're going to have Dustin Rhodes win that match. Everything else, 
Nyla yeah. over Statlander is probably a safe bet. I can't, so. I can't see them taking the title off of Nyla this quickly. That's the one match where it feels very cold. Um, I, I watched the countdown gimmick, and like that was good. They did a good job of, of building mm-hmm. that, but there's been like nothing of that on TV. It's just Nyla won the title. She cut a really good promo, and Statlander yeah. booped the title, and then like Big Swole came out, and Big Swole lost the next week, and then Statlander was just given the title shot. Neither woman was on uh, the the show this week, and it's just like, all right, what are what are we doing here? But that that's the one match that feels cool. It'll probably be good. Like both 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 that's ladies are good, but part, right, like story wise, that hasn't got any kind of hook for me. But I am just interested to see how good it is because I didn't know how good or bad Nyla Rose was, but I thought she, her match to when she won the title was great. The question is how much of that. I was Reho. Like, I'm just interested what her and Statland. I'm sure it'll be fine. I just wonder if it would like it will look out of place almost because the crowd. Let's be honest, they're probably going to be fine up here a little bit, and they with the crowd. Like, there's a lot of stuff on here that's going to have a huge amount of investment. And we just said, like, through no fault of their own, this one is pretty slim on like story and kind of ties between them. Like, as you said, she did the promo and Statlander um, came out, but that. Big Swole was there too, so that doesn't really have any impact. Um, this show, I think, what, one of the benefits of what AEW's done so far is I have no doubts the show will be very good. And that's always yeah. a good starting point, right? Like, we're discussing the book in which way this will go, but like, I think both of us are very assured this is going to be an excellent show, which is, that's a big deal, I think, at this point, when you're asking people to pay money, especially. I think Rhodes and Hager could be rough like i'm not too i'm not a big jake hager fan Uh, Mm. yeah but i imagine they'll keep that relatively short and the crowd will have investment in dustin like pock and orange cassidy will be short and the crowd will love everything orange cassidy does anyway everything else like is gonna be good through some means like jericho moxley I mean, Jericho is what he is at this point. The guy still knows how to work a a good match, especially with someone like John Moxley. Like he doesn't overexert himself and do things that he could do twenty years ago. Um, but the crowd is so invested in both guys that they're gonna forgive anything, and they'll they'll do some smoke and mirror stuff. Like I was worried about Cody and Jericho, and they still went like twenty minutes and had a good match. Like you can do the same thing here. I do. I do have some fears about that. I do think we have... Like, I don't know if I want to see Jericho Moxley for 25 minutes, but you are right in saying that there was a lot of people, myself included, you just said it, that was like, that Jericho-Cody match could be like not too... It was pretty great. So Chris has earned our faith at this point, right? I think we can say that much. He's earned... Here's, here's the thing, okay? So I think Moxley's winning the title, personally. Am I on an island with this? It seems like everyone's just saying Jericho's going to keep the belt. I feel... Looking at the landscape, I don't see what next you do unless you just build to a rematch. I don't I don't think you're on an island. I've seen a lot of people lean more towards Jericho as well. I, I'm with you in, in thinking that Moxley is going yeah. to win because I understand having Jericho as, as the champion and, and there's always the, the money and the chase and everything yeah you could do a rematch the problem is like their shows are so far between that like you i don't know if you can build a rematch for the next one i mean you can do it on dynamite and stuff but i don't know if they're trying to give away like jericho moxley 2 just on dynamite so i think moxley's gonna win the title 
maybe they will do the rematch because they do the thing of the contractually obligated rematch. They did it with the the tag team titles. I guess they're going to do it with the women's title, but maybe they will just do it on Dynamite. They'll do a special episode of Dynamite, Jericho Moxley 2, and uh, with, with Moxley as the champion. But if Moxley wins, it it feels too early to do Moxley and MJF. Yeah, yeah see, that's the... I don't know where... So the next pay-per-view is the, the May one we were talking about in Vegas, right? Yeah. So you've got three months, effectively. So, I mean, I don't know how you're going to... It does feel too early, but at the same time, the money angle still feels like MJF escapes this and gets the title, which then means that Cody can't wrestle him. So, yeah. in, is it early? Probably, but... I don't know, man. I know that people are kind of... Like, they're not sure about MJF being ready and stuff, but... This angle is just so strong that I would have no issue with them just embracing it. And Because the thing as well is Moxley's not a guy who needs a long title reign. Three no. months for a Moxley title reign is more than enough. And as you say, a Jericho rematch on TV would probably, you'd assume, do a good number. Um, I think that's the route, actually. Because, as you pointed out, this isn't a thing where it's monthly pay-per-views. You can't just like run back matches, you know? <laughs> like These events are supposed to be huge and I don't know if you could do three more months of weigh-ins and fun uh, for a rematch I just don't think I think that's actually probably where we're headed probably to Moxley MJF in um, Vegas you can do like a few weeks maybe even a month's worth of Jericho goading for the rematch and everything and yeah you can do it on TV but three months of that is is a bit of a stretch I mean if you don't go with MJF after this like who where are you going after this with a heel? I mean, I guess Pac. You can do Moxley and Pac. Yeah. Moxley Omega, you could run that back in a sanctioned way. Their heel-face dynamic can be iffy. It's, so, yeah, it's like, flexible in that yeah. sense, right? I guess the Dark Order element is there, too. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being serious, Jeremy. Like, if they go with a certain guy, like they could just be skyrocketed. If it's Matt Hardy, then obviously he's not wrestling for the AWD. But if it's like... If it was Archer, for example, I know it's probably not going to be because of an ads in that, but for example, if it was Archer, they could do Archer and Mox, right? So, that kind of deal. Because they had that crazy wild match in Tokyo Dome, so... Yeah, you've got you've got Luke Harper yeah. coming in as well. I like the Harper thing. Are you Team Harper or not? I, I think it's fine. I think people overestimate that he's like this young, hot prospect. Like he's, <laughs> no. he's 40 years old. I don't know how many like, yeah. more great years he has, but uh, I do think he was underutilized in WWE, and I do think with that, with the unrestrictions in AEW, he'll be able to, to thrive a little bit more. Like The problem with getting all of these guys, like you've got Archer coming in, maybe Jeff Cobb is coming in, uh, Harper, and maybe Matt Hardy, like you've got to find slots for these guys now. Like mm-hmm. we, we've seen kind of how it's been with uh, Sean Spears. Like he comes in and people are like, Oh, he's going to really show the world. Like why WWE misused him and stuff. And he's just like, like they even paired yeah. him up with Tully Blanchard. And it's like, he's just a dude who wrestles on dark and he's like searching for a tag team partner. And it's just nothing. I do. I agree. But I do feel people kind of misread that situation. Right. Like, I don't think he, was going there to be like a top guy. I think it was. I think they were pretty much on the same wavelength as far as what he's there. He's there to be. 
I'm not going to do the good hand thing. But he's a player coach, right? That's what he is. Like, that's what he was in NXT before the 10 thing got over. That's what people, I think, forget. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't like the fact that you laughed at my Dark Order mention. Dark Order has not won me over, but I am, I'm somewhat interested. Um, the one that's interesting, do we know when the Revival's deal is up? Or is that still, like, up in the air? I think it's June for for both. One is oh, okay. earlier than the other. I think one is in like May and the other one is in June. But they're, I, mean, I mean, they're not going to come in separately. I w- wouldn't imagine. No, am I wrong in saying that whenever they, if they do arrive eventually, like Denver the Bucks is a is a pay per view main event, right? Like, we oh, the tag the tag teams can main event these shows. So you can do Mox versus the Lesser Hill as long as the tag title is like a big deal. You see what I'm saying? It's their tag teams are kind of framed as a main event act, so it is a little bit different. Yeah, they're 100% main eventing with, with Bucks mm-hmm. and Revival, should that happen at some point yeah. this year. All right, let's move on. Let's jump to WWE. Tonight, SmackDown. Goldberg, as the champion, mm-hmm. is going to pop a monster rating for the show. Uh, and some guy named John Cena is returning as well. Yeah. I guess that's a big deal. Joe, what are your thoughts on uh, John Cena returning and potentially setting up a WrestleMania match with, I guess, the Fiend now? The first half of your question, I have no, I have no issue with. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I'm excited for the match with the Fiend, but there's a story there, I guess, and it's always great to have Cena back. I do think perhaps we are ignoring some fleeting signs that John may not be what he once was the last time we saw him, because the last time we saw him, he didn't look like he was. Quite what he was, but the last time we saw him, he did like that punch thing, and that was it. What was the what was the match he did? Um, he did a long match, like pretty like shortly before he left. Did oh he, right, did... right. He did the he did the tag team match with Becky. I think that was the last time he wrestled. Actually, I completely. Am I imagining like didn't he do a long match in Saudi Arabia? Oh, that was a while. The Triple H match, like that was yes. Yeah, yes. that was like two years ago, though. I remember watching that and thinking, like, "Oh man, like, maybe John's human." And then, we're, as you say, we're two years old. <laughs> like that match know. was one hundred. That match was actually great because instead of the typical forty-minute Triple H match, it was just like a fifteen-minute house show match, and that was yeah. much better than expected. I can't recall what like my basis on this was, but before John left, I remember feeling like the fact that he was missing so much time because he was doing other stuff was like affecting him which is natural right it's impossible to just come back and split Trevor in but it's always great to have him back and um mania season with him I think people are a lot more accepting of him coming back for this kind of show than they are some other fellows that won't be named that may or not may or may not have just won the world title you know what I'm saying like he's, he's seen it right he still feels like he's from the era before but he still feels associated with these guys more than Goldberg does for example it's not only he feels associated with these guys, it's like John Cena is a big deal. Like this guy yeah, yeah. is a is a is a bona fide megastar. Like the rock isn't associated with these guys, but if he comes back, it would still feel like a big deal because like it's not Goldberg. You know, John Cena is in big time blockbuster movies and commercials and stuff. Like this guy is a is a legitimate like star. Yeah, I, when I say that, I don't mean from, like, logical, like, objective... I mean, just people that are really mad about the part-timer stuff, I think, can swallow the scene appeal a lot easier because he's, like... He was full-time for so long. 
and it wasn't that long ago, right, compared to the other guys. So that's, yeah, I mean, objectively speaking, clearly this is a bigger deal than anyone else coming back other than The Rock. And Austin, I guess. Austin coming back would be a big deal, right? But other than that, it's Cena. Cena's a big deal. The Fiend match will take some will take some doing for me to get super excited for that, Jeremy. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I <laughs> I get there's a story there because yeah. John Cena kind of ruined the that incarnation of Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30. But yeah, I'm looking forward to John Cena's return. I'm actually not going to be able to, to watch it tonight, and I'm very disappointed about that because I'm a big fan of the the goat john cena so i will i will catch the replay on that it'll be it'll be good john Wait, cena is the man we said so it was wrestlemania 30 they wrestled yeah i was there that was my six first and, six years yeah i mean i don't know if, uh, yeah i mean that's a that's a long time dude. i mean that's a long time to pull up a story and be like hey guys remember but they did it with randy and kofi so it feels like we're in like an endless sort of cycle you know I'm I'm not convinced we haven't been doing this podcast all along and we've only just realised it. Because it feels like we're just moving back around again and around again. They're very good at, like, taking stuff from 10 years ago and then turning it into something nowadays, like Randy Kofi, like Randy and um, Edge. E- even, like, uh, Kofi and, like, Dolph stuff. They did it a million times with with yeah. Ziggler and Dolph, like now Miz and Morrison. Like they're very good at like rehashing the past and like building off of that, but then not actually capitalizing in a way that makes you feel like you've been invested that entire time. I don't know if that makes I, sense. No, I get you, but I also think the real comedy in that is that they'll pull something back from six years ago, but then like two weeks between a babyface turn, they'll just forget these people were rivals ever. <laughs> but that is amazing. That they expect this just some things they're just like, no, they're not they're not rivals anymore. They're both babyfaces. That's that's the way it is. And then they'll be like, Do you remember in two thousand six when Randy Arco <laughs> like you know, but I guess that's just wrestling, right? That's not just that's not a WWE thing. That's just the way it is. Well again, this is what we were kinda of talking about off air. Like they're great at just moments. Like we're gonna yes. like ten years from now when when we're doing this podcast for uh ESPN or on WWE network, I guess. Uh yeah. we're we're gonna be talking about man, remember and this is I'm gonna look bad because I can't recall any good moment recently. <laughs> they're they're gonna run back like Becky and, and Charlotte again. And we're we're just gonna be like, oh man, remember ten years ago when Becky and Charlotte at at Evolution, like how cool that was, and all this yeah. history. Or like, what's a? This is where it's gonna be really tough. Like, what's two like kind of stars nowadays who could be around and like be big stars in ten years? I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, like, we don't want to do the whole like. That opens up a whole can of worms, right? Like, <laughs> Vel- who, who's Vel- Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black? Let's say them. Okay. They, they, that could be possible. Like, Velveteen yeah. Dream and Alistair Black, like, ten years from now, they're gonna, we're going to talk about, like, oh, remember their NXT feud and how he wanted him to say his name and everything? Like, oh, they're now ten years later, like, they're they're coming back full circle. Okay, but, like, this is the thing. Is, and I mean, I realized this earlier, and I honestly didn't even know, like, if you looked at Roman's WrestleMania opponents, just like one after the other, how crazy it is. He's wrestled like one full-time guy in the whole whole time. So there's not even like a feud for him as the top guy that we can look back on and be like, 
that was the thing that Roman did. He just wrestled a cycle of guys coming back from the eras before. So, yeah, we're going to have to go to NXT, I guess. But you are right in the sense that they are the greatest at showing you old stuff and making you think it was awesome. They are amazing. Right? They're the best at that, right? Like, you watch it like, man, it was way better then. You know? <laughs> uh, Ten years from now, when, like, 30 people are watching, that's where the ratings will be at this rate. <laughs> it's just, like, everyone who has to review this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over on the Raw side, I guess we can stick with SmackDown. I what is going on with Elimination Chamber? That That's my only comment. What is going on Man, with Elimination Chamber? I was... Uh, look, can I paint a picture for you, Jeremy? This is last Friday. It feels like... Genuinely feels like years ago at this point. And I was doing... I was NBA 2K My League mode, okay? SmackDown did not exist in, in my head, right? I was running the league, okay? And I go on Twitter and I just see... So Lacey said about the Chamber, does this mean free Elimination Chambers? And, like, I'm not going to say that I reacted in any kind of vivid, like, crazy way, but I, there was definitely a pain that struck me at that time, like an ache. And I was just thinking, how have they not realised that's bad? Free chamber matches, like, it's a match built on violence and how dangerous it is, and you're going to do three of them in one night. Why? Who's asking for free chamber matches? I don't, I don't get that situation. Oh, the SmackDown one is very scary. I'm going to be honest with you, Jeremy, this is very, very scary, because this could go away that is doomed, and that is Lacey. I'm, I know that originally on this podcast I pretended people like Lacey. I'm done with the Lacey thing, okay? This, this Renee interview was like, man, it was brutal. I don't know what the situation is. If they go that route, I don't know how anyone can say that's the way to go in this division. They have options in this division, man. They've run through them all. I don't understand the situation here. I just don't get it. The weird thing about this is they announced the Raw Women's Chamber just online one day. Yes. It's like, all right, here's the women in the match. They're going to face Becky. And, like, after they'd already done the angle with Shayna, so like, they essentially tipped their hand on that entire thing. And then, yeah, last Friday on SmackDown, Lacey's just like, I'm going to be in the chamber and I'm going to win, you know, get my title shot. And Sheamus said the same things. Like, I'm going to go through five other guys and I'm going to mm. win. It's like, when was this chamber match announced? Like, who... yeah, I didn't know I mean, these were things. I assumed the SmackDown men's would be a thing. Just because of the way it's set up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we all know who's going to win it. That's fine. But I almost wonder if they got to a point with the SmackDown men's and the Raw women's where they're like, we need a chamber that's less predictable. I'm being honest, I honestly think this could have been a real thing that went through the heads, because I just don't, I don't get who's asking for this. The Raw division never needed a chamber. They never, ever needed a chamber, so, yeah, man, I don't know. I guess uh, SmackDown's chamber can be pretty good, right, on paper, at least. Well, you're going to have, the for the men's, you're going to have Roman, yeah. Sheamus, uh, Sh Shinsuke, maybe? Sure. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong. It's Ziggler, Cor Corbin, Corbin's definitely gonna be in it. Yes, Corbin's definitely gonna be in it. Um, Brian, Brian, I don't know if he's gonna be in it though. Like, I like they have guys who can be in it. I just don't know what direction they're gonna go in. And like you said, like we all know, like Roman's gonna win. So it's just you're you're putting guys in there to to fill space. Like this is where you should put in like Ziggler and Otis. Like give that a little bit extra to the story 
would you find it hilarious if they did the thing where they like put Ziggler, Rude, and Corbin all in and did the like heel three on one thing? Roman overcomes. That would be strong. Would that be great? <laughs> I um, and then the other thing is, SmackDown's division's got enough talent for a chamber match, but they've got no heels. So, you know, I mean, unless you want to just do a six baby face chamber, that's fine. I guess if you want to do that, but yeah, what, what are you you're doing, Lacey? I guess Alexa, Nikki. Um, Naomi, Carmella, and I guess Sasha Banks if she's back. If she's and she's cleared, she's yeah. a baby face wife, like effectively in that match, right? Because people are going to cheer for her in that match. So the only person that will get booed in that match is Lacey. Yeah, I mean Sasha's going to be the one working heel, but yeah, she's. I don't understand. Do, do you, do you know wrong? Elimination Chamber is next weekend? Yeah, yeah, because when I'm. <laughs> I have to like figure out my features and stuff. So first thing first, I originally opted to write back Goldberg because I assumed he wouldn't be on WrestleMania. So that massive backfire. <laughs> and I've been looking at his chamber card. Just I have no idea what I'm going to do. So yeah, I'm aware. I'm very scared about that fact. But do you think I'm off base on this Lacey Evans situation? Like, am I misreading it, or is this definitely what's going to happen? I I don't know if Lacey's going to get like any reaction, whether it's booing or or. <laughs> do you think she's? Do you think she's the front runner to win this match? Because I'm convinced of it now. No, I still think it's Naomi. Like I, oh. I don't know why I have this like blind faith that they're gonna <laughs> go with Naomi when literally everything is pointed to it's not gonna be Naomi. Maybe I'm thinking that, yeah. that it's just like a Kofi situation where all right, you beat him. Yeah, but then he gets his ultimate redemption moment at Mania. I, it just it didn't feel quite as grand, though, did it? You know, I, <laughs> Kofi was so like courageous in defeat, and Naomi just got her foot stuck in her shirt. You know? <laughs> like it's not really the same. Like, I'm not saying I didn't like the finish. It's just not how I would go about preparing my baby face. Yeah, I don't know. I, like we didn't talk about this, and probably for good reason. It wasn't a topic. But I was watching the Carmella Naomi thing, and I was just like. I don't know what is going on. I don't understand this division. I don't get what we're supposed to feel about it. If it was like Naomi was super hot when she came back and had a lot of momentum and just with each SmackDown appearance, they like eroded it a little bit more without even intending to. See what I'm saying? Like, well, they, they just know. had her lose to Carmella in that one oh, match. That, yeah, and it's, that, was, that was so avoidable as well because, and without doing the like easy whining about booking, you had Dana in the match. Like That's just nonsense. It's just ridiculous, right? And also she could win a match to get a shot three weeks later. It wasn't even like a redemption story. She just won the next match. Totally pointless. They they did the same thing, and this is our next topic, with kind of Bianca, and everyone was, was clamoring for Bianca Belair to get inserted into the, the women's triple threat for the NXT, or the women's title match for the NXT women's title with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And so they did Charlotte and Bianca on NXT, and people thought, all right, well, Bianca can win here, make her claim, get into the match. No, Charlotte just just beat her. And yeah. we'll see what happens with Bianca, but Charlotte just beat her. Yeah, cause like, look, we have to be, you know, just be honest, based. They think very highly of her. Like, the Rumble thing shows us that. But she's now had two major matches, one with Rhea and one with Charlotte, where she lost in the most bizarrely flat, un-NXT fashion you will ever see in a major match, right? Like, TakeOver had 25 finisher kickouts, and she just got pinned flat. The crowd didn't really expect it. And this Charlotte finish, I did not believe for a second that was the end of the match. I did had no... This match didn't do a lot for me anyway. So, 
this was a major negative, I thought. And then you had the wacky post-match. Where do you stand on the wacky post-match? When I watched it live, I thought the idea was that Rhea didn't care about Bianca yeah. Belair, so she... But then other people were saying that like, there's supposed to be like a respect element there that more I was talking about. I have no clue, by the way, what one of these is true. I'm just When I watched it, I didn't think it was a problem, but then as I've seen it more and more, it does seem hilarious. So... I, when I watched it, I thought the same thing of, oh, Rhea just doesn't really, you know, you know what the the thing is, is like, I've been so conditioned with WWE to just be like accepting of some of this stuff and to not let it bother me that when I saw her do her like wacky stomp thing, I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, that's just what she does. Like, why wouldn't she do it in this moment? And then, yeah, when I tried to, like, think about it, I was like, yeah, she just doesn't care. But then when you think about it more, it's like, all right, even if you don't care, like, like, yeah, what? why do you need to do this? <laughs> why come out if you don't care? Yeah. Right? Like, uh, I I hate to say this because I'm a fan of hers. This is nothing to do with her. They are on, like, a fast track to destroy Andrea because they're going to frame her so obviously as the chosen one. That the way things work, the audience will just get a resentment towards her. And Bianca will be like the the opposite of that coin. Do you see what I'm saying? I am. I think they're in a dangerous spot with Bianca. It's not because everyone does this thing, right? Where people complain, everyone's like, she lost to Charlotte. It's not a big deal. We're aware that losing Charlotte's not a big deal. We're talking about the presentation of it. She got pinned flat and then beat up post match and was like just watching on as Rhea and Charlotte set up their mania match. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that's the issue we're talking about. This isn't a babyface underdog, okay? The character is built on being the best. That's the whole point of the thing. You can't just keep beating characters like that. You can, I guess, because she's going to come up and they'll just start fresh. But this just felt like an unnecessary... I guess they thought we were popperating, which it didn't, obviously. We could have told them that for free. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't even like the match. That's the worst part for me. I just... The Charlotte thing is weird, man. I think very highly of Charlotte. But this situation where... She's either in a title program or they just have nothing to do with her. It's like super just limiting to what you can do with her in general, you know? They An issue is that they don't know how to tell any kind of a story without any title. And, and yeah. that's the problem with Charlotte right now is she's got to be in the title picture or she's just kind of there like beating people because they're they're not going to have her lose to the sarah logans of the world the bianca stuff is in uh andrew thompson brought this up on twitter it's very braun Strowman of you want to get behind this person and they do this with a lot of people like it's not mm-hmm. just with uh Strowman and bianca but it was a good comparison of we want to get behind this person but every time we give them it, they like they did it with Bray Wyatt years ago as well but then when they get these big matches they just lose and it's like you can't keep calling them monsters or saying like they're the eater of worlds or saying they're the EST and then keep losing uh yeah. keep having them lose in all these matches like then all their claims are just false and then what are they going on after that? Like well, now they're just speaking a bunch of lies. Oh, I, I don't want to. I didn't want to do this, Jeremy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring up the Ricochet thing again, okay? Because I'm all I. The, the thing is, okay, is the whole build for the match is Ricochet shouldn't be able to win the match, correct? Do you realize the power of just having like if Ricochet just lands three drop kicks and stuns Brock, it helps him, and Brock wouldn't be hurt any, and they still just killed him. And it's like if you're one of the few people that's stuck with that 
awful superhero rhetoric they pushed. Like, they've, they've totally ruined your interest at this point, right? Like, that's the same thing. It's just a different character because that is an underdog under baby face. But it's like, there's only so many times you can have someone say stuff that then they absolutely fail to back up before like people just go, okay, I still like that person, but I don't care. That's a real thing. We've seen it happen. And I feel like WWE has convinced fans now that like we're just supposed to accept that following a wrestler is like suffering and then hopefully eventually like they'll just get catch fire. Like this isn't how it's supposed to work, I feel. I think come on, give me something to latch onto if I like these people. And again, we're not saying it's doomed for Bianca, it's not at all. They think very highly of it, it's obvious, but just gotta be careful with the presentation and then how you handle them when the bell rings. There's, there's gotta be a connection there, otherwise it's very hard for me to commit myself to like investing in the characters. I can enjoy them, but investment's a different thing at that point. Bret Hart used to always say this, if you listen mm-hmm. to a lot of his interviews, of he never wanted to lie in his promos. So if he had a match and like he knew he was going to lose the match, like in the build to the match, he would never say like, Oh, I'm gonna beat you. Like I'm gonna beat you. He he would say like I'm gonna hurt you. Something like mm-hmm. that. So that way, you know, he, he wasn't a liar when he said I was gonna beat you, knowing he wasn't going to win. Like he would word it differently. And like that's what it feels like they do with a lot of these guys, is okay, Ricochet is a superhero, like nothing can stop him, and then he just yeah. loses to Brock Lesnar in two minutes. Like Bray Wyatt, nothing can stop him. He's superhuman, just completely squashed. Bianca's the best, yeah. just loses clean. It's like you're these people are just lying in all of their promos and yeah. you know, how am I supposed to trust these people moving forward? Yeah. And again, we're not idiots. We're aware that everyone has to lose for the most part, right? The fiend thing is a little bit unique because while the character wasn't familiar, you, it's like a supernatural thing and kind of beating it in any way is brutal. But, uh, with other wrestlers, it's, we understand none of us thought Ricochet was beating Brock Lesnar. None of us really even thought Bianca was going to beat Charlotte in our heart hearts. It's just, you have to present them in a way that is befitting of their whole brand and character. That's all it is. And that isn't asking a lot. We're not here asking for high art. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I literally just asked for free drop kicks from Ricochet. That's all I asked for, Jeremy. So that's all. It's a real complaint that I think has damaged a lot of guys in the past. Braun is an amazing example of it. Because at some point, fans are like, we still love this guy, but we understand the situation now. We're not going to commit ourselves to investing in when we know where it's headed, you know? Did Ricochet even backflip out of a suplex? No. I don't no, think he, so. He I run at Brock, and Brock just, like, pushed him. Yeah. <laughs> and then just hit, like, suplexes and pinned him. It was so flat. It was crazy. It was just unnecessarily flat. Because, again, like, in an ideal world, that match is a proper match, like, in the in the vein that Brock's matches with AJ and Brian was, because legitimately Ricochet can do stuff with Brock and Nava wrestling in the world can. But- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. I'm not even asking for that. Like, I'm not even asking for an eight-minute sprint. I'm literally just asking for some hope spot, just to give his fans something to latch on to. The guy just got murdered. Like, what was the need for this? You know, like, it's just, it's bizarre. I don't, I don't get it at all. Samoa Joe. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I just depress you more by, yeah, by moving yeah. on. There's no smooth transition there. The the transition was depressed, Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe suspended 30 days for a wellness violation. It's been a rough few months for Samoa Joseph, and not happy to see it because I love this dude. He's he's yeah. awesome, and I, I tweeted it out when when he got hurt earlier this year. Is like Joe's been under contract for like four years and he's had one wrestlemania match that lasted a minute and that just feels so wrong yeah there's um there's a lot of ways to approach this Jeremy. i mean there's there's a lot of sadness in this story because i think timing has kind of doomed him there's also like you can look at it on the bright side and that's what i'm going to try to do today jeremy because there was a time where the safest bet was that you would never see joe in wwe right and we still got some cool stuff out of it, right? Like the Brock Lesnar deal was awesome. The AJ program was cool and like a super weird moment in history. But as of right now, it is very hard to maintain that positivity because it feels like we're looking at the end of, um, I mean, Joe's always a player when he's around because he's such a good promo and the audience loves him. But we have to be honest in saying that, you know, they're, dumb with the idea of him as like a centerpiece and at this point and i'm never this guy but i don't i can't blame them for that that's just the reality of the industry right that's the way it should be they've got so many options they've got such a great roster and as great as joe is you just can't like this is there's so many factors now leading up to this and the thing that worries me in all seriousness is uh, in all seriousness we hope his health is good right that's the main thing because that dude's had a lot of crazy matches and the last thing he needs is to get hit by the concussion thing. That could be just, I don't know when he'll get cleared if he's had two concussions in a short amount of time. So I hope he's good. This is sad, but, um, I am, you know, positive in the long term. At least we've got like some cool stuff out of it, I guess. I think we got some cool stuff out of it. That AJ thing, it was, yeah, it was good in a moment of history because of all their history. That feud wasn't yeah. that good. What See, a, I was a fan. I understand, Jeremy. Uh, what a dumb way to build a feud between those two. <laughs> well, yeah, Honestly. but, you know, they, they wasn't going to go to Dixie Carter and be like, hey, guys, remember these great old mix matches <laughs> coming up at SummerSlam? Like, I get it. And the thing with Joe is... See, this is the thing. I agree with you, but I think it's a credit to them that they did the most WWE feud ever and did it, like, pretty well. You see what I'm saying? Like, Joe was... That's the crazy thing about Joe is like he's so great. He is. He's he's just excellent. Everything he they give him the most wacky WWE stuff and he nailed it. He's amazing. Um, but this is uh, yeah, this is probably the end of the road of him being like a big like wow Joe's back. I feel like now he's just gonna be a part of the of the wheel, which is probably fair. 
I think what helps for for Joe in this regard is by signing with WWE and by proving that like he's excellent at every single role yeah. he give he he gets he's going to just have a job for life there. Like once he does retire from the ring, they can move him to commentary. They can have him do the backstage. If that show's still around, they can have him do WWE digital stuff. They can have him do a WWE network show. Like there's so much you can do with this guy. And I think that is a good thing for Joe in that because he's with this company, like he's just going to be pretty much set for life. And if you listen to Joe in interviews, like he's very smart with his money and he's very smart with his decisions to where he he's gonna he's gonna be one of those guys that you're you're just gonna keep seeing on your tv screen hopefully for the next 10 20 years as he just does kind of what you know joe in like 10 years after he's like retired and stuff he's gonna have that big mania match he's gonna get the the goldberg push in 10 years <laughs> you know it's, it's amazing like he legitimately may be the best color commentator yeah and he's not a color here's a question is he a hall of famer in wwe he is, right? Yeah. I, anytime someone asks, like, is he a WWE Hall of Famer? Like, my initial yeah. response is just yes, because I why that, wouldn't they? Like, he's kind of a weird one, right? Because he's, like, if you count in NXT, he's obviously in, because he actually was very important to NXT. He was, like, the first guy that they signed as just a, like, he didn't come to the PC and all that uh, stuff. But he has had a weird WWE run. But you're right. If you have a few for WWE type, you're probably going to go in, right? It's just the way it is. They're putting... They're reportedly putting Liger in. Like, Liger isn't anybody in WWE yeah. history. I mean, he is in, like, WCW history and in, in other places across the world. But they the count that now, right? Like, WCW is, like, part of the... I think it is. I don't know. Yeah, but they, didn't they put, like, Anoki in? And, like, he doesn't really have anything to do with yeah. <laughs> any of these companies. Yeah. Like, they, they'll they'll just put anybody. Like, you could say, is is Tucker... Uh, a WWE Hall of Famer, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why why wouldn't Tucker right. go into the Hall of WWE Hall of Famer? Well, in that case, this is all positive because Joe is going to have an awesome speech and it's right that he gets his moment to be accepted as a legend because that's the thing, like, you're right about the Hall of Fame, but I'll never care about it. I'm fine to watch the speeches I want to watch and ignore the ones I don't. Yeah. Um, but it is cool that Joe got this run because it does, historically, no one can question how great he was because he got over an insane amount with the WWE audience, the main roster audience. He got over huge with them. So if anything else, if nothing else, it gives some validation to how great everyone said he was, you know? I, I'm sold, I've sold myself on the idea that 10 years from now, Samoa Joe's is going to be champion as the part-time run. And they're like, they're going to do these video packages on Joe that just made him look like the absolute killer of this era like he's gonna be killing roman reigns i mean killing aj shinsuke like all of these guys and they're just gonna be like oh man samoa joe let me tell you in his prime wwe which wasn't really his prime no one was touching this guy lesnar like they're gonna show les him beating up lesnar and stuff Samoa, 10 years from now if you're a samoa joe fan just stay alive for 10 more years it's gonna be worth it I'm excited now. I'm I'm so pumped for him to go after Wendy again in 2030. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I'm all in on this. Uh, we're going to move on to some boxing talk. Deontay Wilder and, and Tyson Fury. We might see Tyson Fury at WrestleMania. Uh, had their, her, their big rematch this past weekend. Tyson Fury wins by knockout. The big story to me is Deontay Wilder <laughs> lost because he had 40 pounds of gimmick on before the match. What an amazing excuse. I love this excuse. Man, I like his, tra- his head trainer used this 
And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And the fact that Wilder just doubled down on it was amazing. This, Jeremy, you're not, are you not a big boxing guy? I, I, I guess. It doesn't feel like anyone is. I, I'm, I'm a boxing guy for like big fights because Carlos yeah. is, um, Carlos is in the chat and Carlos is always talking about boxing and I ask him any question that I have about mm-hmm. it and he's super knowledgeable. Everyone follow Carlos, Carlos Toro yeah, 360 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll watch the big fights, but otherwise, yeah, I'm not really paying too much attention. This was um this was a major deal. I feel. I've, I, I mean, it's hard to know now because Bill Goldberg won the title at fifty three years of age, totally eclipsing the achievement. But like, Fury's kind of like put himself in a history books here, man. This is a wild win, wild pun intended. Um, Fury is amazing. This is craziness. Like I knew, I totally believed him when he said he was going to be aggressive and all that business. Uh, that didn't surprise me because he's so much bigger. But I just felt like I just didn't trust his concentration because he's kind of a Fury's a little bit of a unpredictable guy, you know. He's a little bit wild, and uh, I had a, I just felt Wilder would would uh, would clip him, even though I knew Fury was better, clearly better. But this is the thing with the Wilder, like we all fell in love with the right hand. This was a beatdown. I've not seen a major fight this one-sided in the sense that it wasn't a one-punch knockout. It was just a beating over and over and over again. I don't think I can recall one. Like, Mayweather would beat guys 12 zip on points. But it was never this, like, Wilder had no say in what was happening in that ring. That's craziness for a bunch of fire. Like, he was helpless. And Fury was just, he was on him from the first bell. So, um, Fury's legitimately great. Not just like the modern boxers that we pretend are great because we want to make ourselves feel better for watching the sport. Like, he's actually great. He gained, like, 150 pounds and then just cut it all and came back and become the heavyweight champ again. So... Yeah, or how, I guess. I don't know. This was, this was wild, man. Did it feel like a big event for you guys in America? Because like, here it was obviously a big deal because of Fury, but it's not at five in the morning, so it's a little bit tough. It felt big because I guess big boxing fights are kind of few and far between yeah. nowadays, so anything that does feel semi-big feels extra big. It's kind of the same thing with uh, UFC. Like, There's a UFC card next weekend that no one cares about, but... Yeah. Uh, like anytime McGregor fights, like, all right, this feels like a, a big deal. So it did feel big. I, like, I can't claim I've watched a, a ton of Tyson Fury and, and Deontay mm. Wilder fights. I did watch their first one and it seemed like the, the consensus was Fury was, uh, either going to win by decision or Wilder was going to knock him out because the, I guess that, that right hand is extremely yeah. deadly and people just figured, ah, oh, yeah, he's, He's going to catch him with that right hand at some point. But Fury just... Look, I was never going to doubt a man that knocked out Braun Strowman. I mean, the Intercontinental title is a pretty big deal in the world of wrestling. And Fury (laughs) just made Braun Strowman look like a punk. Easy work. Yeah. Yeah, easy work. So I don't know why so many people were down on Tyson Fury coming into this fight. I think, like... I'm not trying to, you know, disrespect anyone's boxing knowledge. But it feels like people think boxing's like... A video game thing where you fill in the stats and it's like, Fury's not that big of a puncher. Listen, man, he's 270 pounds, okay? If he hits a guy clean with the right hand, he's not good for the guy he's hitting. Like, I, I always felt if he got aggressive, he could stop him. I just didn't pick it because Fury's he's just crazy, man. He's a crazy cat. He does wild stuff in there. This is the guy who, when he fought Klitschko, like in the middle of the fight, just put his hands behind him. Punch him in the face. He's the Klitschko's heavyweight champ for ten years. So um, I didn't trust his concentration, but I made a fool of myself, Jeremy. I should have. I should have backed the Brit. 
Uh, but this was very good. This was the exciting moment of, of the week. I'm glad you give me this. You threw me this bone. You allowed me to enjoy myself. Cause some boxing talk. This will probably happen once a year because, as you say, the, the big fights are kind of fleeting. Um, and I'm looking forward to the third fight when Wilder has a you know more slender ring attire. He's gonna you know, come he out. Can... He's gonna come out in just his his yes. underwear. Like that's it. Yes. He's gonna put his his trunks and his cup on in the in the ring, and that way. You know, no weight. Like he's going to be warming up backstage in just his underwear. That that's it. This man is not going to have any weights on him at all. I couldn't believe like the way they outed Mark Breland throwing the towel in was insane. I could not believe it. He was so far gone in that fight. There was nothing. It was over. He did the right thing, and it, especially when they have a rematch clause, so he has a way of just running it back. And he was like, no, I'm, you know, go on your shield, man. Come on. Like, this, surely in 2020 we've figured out that's not the attitude to take as a trainer, at least. Wilder can take once, but the head trainer being like, I should have just left him in there. He'd have figured it out. It's craziness. That That's the thing with all combat sports is, I don't know, you, you probably didn't watch uh, Carolina Clavacchio. I probably said that wrong. I did, yes. uh, yeah. She got destroyed. That was crazy. How and did they not pull her out after the second round? Then? Yeah, and, <laughs> and like, you see her, her post-fight on Instagram where she's, like, all bandaged up and just, like, completely questioning, like, everything in life. And it's like, why why don't these – more corners should stop these fights. Yeah. Like, I never blame a corner person for throwing in the towel. I understand fighters want to, like, go out on their shield and, and stuff. Like, I think yeah. of long term. Like, if you know, like, if you know you're not getting back in this fight, like, you're just getting your ass kicked and everything, like, just get him out of there. I think there's a fault in MMA that because it's the fights of three rounds and because there's so many dynamics in an MMA fight, right? It's like, I think they just... Corners are so scared to pull their fire out because it's like there's five more minutes, and she tried to get like a heel hook. So I, in boxing, it's insane because like genuinely at the top level, one punch comebacks are not that like frequently seen. Wilder is more than capable of it, but if you were watching the fire, like come on, we saw that was happening there, right? Like he he wasn't making any one punch comebacks. So um, yeah, you're right though. Like we 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 know enough now about what's going on in there and the damage. To just be thinking, okay, this not let the guy go out in his shield, regardless of what he says. This do the right thing for his help. He's a father and stuff. There's just no need for it. Yeah, I agree. In MMA, people can say th- there are the different dynamics. Like, oh, you can catch a submission. You can. You're be- still right. Yeah. Because of yeah. the gloves, you can catch this punch. But like, how many times does that happen? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, if you see a beatdown across two rounds or four rounds, if it's a title fight chances are in that final round there's not going to be like this major comment like tim bosch did it against yushin okami yes, and, and like everyone cites that and that was like 10 years ago and it's like literally the only example anybody can give of like this major comeback it's like all right you picked one out of like the 500 fights that happen a year dude the best i mean we, we gotta move on from random mma fights from back in the day so i'll do more, more like modern one but how awesome was it when after Nate lost to Masvidal, he was like, yeah. the, game plan, the game plan was simple, you know, we get our ass kicked for three rounds, we come back in the fourth. And I genuinely saw it on social media being like, you heard what he said. And that's when I realized that not everyone has watched as much Diaz as like maybe me and you have. It's like, 
you cannot trust what these men say about their fights. They've never lost a fight by their own no. fight recognition. They've never lost. I love the Diaz brothers, but if you listen to what he said and was like, there you go. Heard it from them, you know? <laughs> it's craziness. That, that was perfect. Like, that fight worked out so perfectly for Nate because yes. he would have just easily lost, like, a, a 50 to 43 decision or yep. maybe even gotten finished in, in one of the later rounds. But. Yeah, because it got stopped like that, he could just be like, you know, my gas tank is, is outstanding. We knew he was going to tire. We were going to take over late. Like that, yeah, the Diaz brothers have never lost, which is why I love them as well. They're great, yeah. They just... They're also great pro wrestlers like Tyson yeah. Fury, right? That's the truth of it. So Fury's doing something with Corbin at WrestleMania, right? We can lock this in. It's um, happening. It's I, would, I would imagine they're working pretty hard for, for yeah. that. Because they did stuff with him when he wasn't nearly as like famous as he is now. So, I mean, it just now look, I know, I know, there's a lot of opinions about Tyson's wrestling performance, and I understand that. But his personality can be suited to it. It's just I think they have to figure out a way of doing it outside of in-ring promos where he's terrified because he can't swear. Like, you might have to do something a bit different with him if you're going to bring him in to do like character stuff, you know. I think you just let him be Tyson Fury. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, send him out to do an interview where you can see in his face he's trying to remember the lines that were written. Yeah. At that point, he's not Tyson Fury. So, pointless. Yeah, you're right. It's simple as that. Let him him go out there. Honestly, let him go out there. Let him, like, knock out uh, Mojo Raleigh, win the 24 7 title, sing American Pie or whatever he wants to sing, and, like, that's it. That's it. That's all you need. It's not a complicated, like, you know, formula here with Fury. It's very simple. Yeah. You know, he's, he just is what he is at this point. And, uh, but yeah, it was hilarious when he had his run and he was, like, doing these promos, just looking in absolute terror as he tried to remember every line of his dialogue. That was awesome. It was so weird because, you know, from the limited that I've seen of Tyson Fury, he seemed very charismatic. And everyone tells me, like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, he has it very super charismatic and everything. And then you, if you watch him on WWE, you would be yeah. like, who in the hell is this guy? Like, he this guy is... like, he's like from generic music and he just had like a black shirt and he was like shadow boxing and it was like, what is happening? What is, what is this? And this was at the same time they did the Cain Velasquez build. Which, which was even amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing month of WWE TV. But yes, you're, you're right. Oh my God. Fury looked super confident and super comfortable compared to Velasquez. That press conference with Kane up there trying to speak. That honestly, like, we should talk about that time because it makes you think, like, Goldberg's champ is nothing compared to that month. Like, that was hellacious, dude. Like, we were just, we were building double builds of that, them two matches. That's craziness. The Cain Velasquez thing was hilarious. The amount of people that told me I should be excited about the Cain Velasquez deal was amazing. I loved every minute of it. It was wonderful. And the thing is, like, when they do this stuff, there was no bump from it at all. Like, no one tuned in to see Tyson Fury and Cain Velasquez. Well, I think it's a massive, like, indictment of their modern talent. They thought, there's only one that go off the air on Fox, and it's with Cain Velasquez. (laughs) Because the thing is, Fury's not going to bump any numbers, especially then. He might now, like, do something. But at least with him and Braun, like, there's a chance you get a sports talk show to pick it up, if that makes any sense. No one is waiting for what Cain Velasquez is doing next. Like, it's just, that was way, to me, that was a massive, massive stretch. And also, I'm told he, like, can wrestle, so I don't know why he was brought in as Cain Velasquez in the main fire. But, you know, that's that's enough about Cain. That's (laughs) enough about Cain, I guess. 
I like how you said we should move on from talking about random MMA fights fights from the past. Like we have a better topic to move on to. We're gonna talk about basketball, sure. everybody. It's the end of the show. As, as mm-hmm. people, longtime listeners will know, that's what we talk about at the end of the show. Yeah. This is actually a basketball podcast that masquerades as a wrestling podcast. True. Zion Williamson, LeBron James. Part one was this past week. LeBron won. Part two is this weekend. Joe, Zion and LeBron. This is uh, this is Goldberg and Fiend right here. I know, I know. <laughs> I just knew it. And Our I love the just element. coming in, destroying the momentum of the new guy. I absolutely love the element of all the talk about Zion's physique and him being linked to the Fiend. By the way, and I don't know if you realize how great that was when you did it. But it was great. Um, this is the the closest I've come to just like the Lakers being my pick to win the championship because. The Pelicans played super quick, which on paper you would think, as much as the Lakers are a good defensive team, like in transition, you would think the Pelicans, like the Lakers just stuck with them. They matched them and beat them. It was like, I'm kind of coming around to the idea that LeBron's about to, it's about to get his job done, and I, I am. I don't know about you. I know we, we spoke a little bit off, off air, and it was like, we're still pretty bullish on the Clippers, and I'm with you on that, but this, is, this convinced me a lot more that the Lakers are possibly the front runner. They're they're super dangerous because they can switch out the other three guys at the end of the game, depending on who's playing well. As long as them two are in, they're 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 a problem. I don't think the Lakers want the Pelicans in the first round. No, like no. that that is one thing that you'd rather have Memphis because okay, Jaw is good, but they're banged up. Jaw is kind of inconsistent as well and yeah. Memphis has really slipped lately. The The Blazers aren't good. Like, yeah, Lillard can catch fire. Everyone knows how to defend Lillard in the playoffs outside of last year's Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, yeah. literally everyone else knows how to defend this guy. Um, and, and then the Spurs, they're, they're just actually not good. Um, th- but they don't want the penalty. They don't want four games of Zion, Ingram, Lonzo, yeah. like Drew Holiday. Like those guys are gonna battle on every single possession, and like they're good. Like they're they're legitimately good. Like these other teams, they've all got their weaknesses and stuff. So I'm still on the Clippers. I I yeah. like their talent. Kawhi flips that switch in the playoffs, and he's just a different animal. Paul George, when we were talking yesterday, Paul George is the guy I'm worried about, though. Like, when he's on, he's deadly. But then he's got those games where he's 3 of 20, and yeah. it's just like, what has happened to this guy? I, You know the interest about the Pelicans? And you know, I'm way out of that fan thing, so I don't know what they're saying. Like, there's a chance, right, that with Drew and JJ, they have two assets there that in the summer can get them more draft picks, more youth. Like, this team could be insanely young next year, right? Because I watch the Drew things tough. Drew's a great two-way player, or very good at least. But, like, Ingram's taking the shots and Zion's, like, they're your two guys at this point, right? So... There is an argument to be made that JJ and Drew are kind of luxuries almost on a young team because you're not going to win it this year or next year. Or you know, so that's an interesting thing to follow. I mean, if they get more draft picks, more young talent, I don't even know how they're going to fit all these guys in. But they've got their setup super nicely. Yeah, they they really are, and I've been a big fan of Brandon Ingram ever since he he came out of Duke, and I'm glad to see him flourish in new orleans i mean even lonzo is playing well yeah this yeah year. 100%. and i mean zion is just a different animal are we writing off the bucks like 
It feels like everyone's writing off the Bucks. Are we writing no. off the Bucks? <laughs> I Chris Middleton is a super good player, but I am still. We all know what's going to happen, right? Like the smart teams are going to like wall off on Giannis, and like it's going to come down to can Bledsoe and Middleton make shots, Brook Lopez. It's like we shouldn't really. We should be picking them to win it, shouldn't we? Like <laughs> they're just killing teams every night. They're they've got the best record in the league. I don't think they're going to yeah. break the Warriors' record or anything like that. But like they're all the analytics and advanced stats have them yeah. as like one of the greatest teams of all time, and yet. Yes. We're thinking, and it really comes down to just last year in the playoffs because they were this good last year. Maybe not quite this good, but in the regular season, like they were really good last year. And then they lost four straight to the Raptors. Like they were 2 0 on that series. They had a chance yeah. in game three. Fred Van Fleet just has a kid and then all of a sudden turns into Steph Curry and, and Kawhi goes to a different level and they, they lose to the Raptors. Like, I think, yeah, teams can wall off Giannis. He's even better than he was last year, though. Like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a monster, yeah. He's got that uh, kind of mid-range shot, like that kind of fadeaway shot even better down this year. You can't really give him that this year. Yeah. Mid- like, he, he he makes that a pretty good rate. I guess I understand, like, it's still not a great shot percentage-wise, like in the modern analytics, but I agree with you. I don't really like giving him that shot either. It's... Yeah. I, I don't want to write off the Bucks. I think they're coming out of the East. They look um, like a lot now for that, right? Like, I mean, I jinxed Miami Heat, which is the best thing I've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> but here's the one thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't watch a lot of Bucks games because legitimately most of them are complete by halftime. Um, like, they're just so good at this point that I don't even get like a lot of thrill out of it. Like, do you think there is a, a some kind of um, truth to the notion that late in the game it's going to be hard to run it through Giannis like you can for the rest of the game just because the way it changes late, right? I don't know if that's the case. They don't have a lot of close games. So, <laughs> you know, but I just, I do wonder when Kawhi Leonard's guarding him in the finals, they say, and then you've also got, like, just bodies around, can you just give the ball to Chris Middleton and be like, okay, go get a bucket, it's the end of the game. You know, I just, I don't know. That, that's a very uh, simple, cliche way of looking at basketball. But it is, I'll be lying if I said it wasn't my fault at the minute. I think you you can do that with Giannis, and mainly because he he is going to trust those other guys. Like, all right, yeah. you're going to play the percentages. I mean, Middleton's been really good this year. So like, good, so good. I, He's so mean, but we're down him. He's amazing. I'm down him anyway. You know, it's amazing. I would. I like. I'd rather take my chances with like Bledsoe. Like, I would do everything I could to stop Giannis and Middleton, and just all right. Eric Bledsoe, you beat us at the end of the game because yes. I'm not sure if Bledsoe can do that. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, you want those, like, extremely crafty one-on-one guys to, to get mm. you that bucket late in the game. And Giannis, I mean, he can get to the rim, but there's also ways of, of defending that with walling it off and then forcing him into that mid-range or forcing him to to give up the ball. But I, it's it's tough to doubt the Bucks. like, it seems it very easy to do it, but it's also tough. Like, I mean, all the if we're being honest, they're good. Like, there's a justice to them winning the championship because they are like just a good, like a terrific team, and all they have to hear is about where Greek freaks should try to get it's traded annoying. to. Annoying. Like, in all honesty, as much as like any East team, because I've convinced myself the six were contenders is like a little bit of a rival to me. Like. 
it probably will be for the best for the NBA if they actually want it. Because this thing of trying to force Giannis to New York or LA is like just unbearable. It would be it would probably be better for the league if he just won it with Chris Middleton and Bledsoe and them guys his co-stars, right? It probably would help everyone rather than it's just constantly funneling things into LA, which is what me and you with our first two topics were like, Clippers or Lakers. Like we just did it too. It's impossible not to. But yeah, it's really for the best they win it, really, but we'll see. I I'm with you. I'm like rooting for them to win it because mm-hmm. I hate the rings narrative. Like it's one of the reasons the Thunder became what they are now which is the best basketball team in the league but you know Giannis is gonna have to deal like if he doesn't win it this year people are gonna be like yep gotta go to LA gotta go go to the Warriors like sign with them like you know oh that one is unbearable what is that why are we doing this to ourselves where we like talk about Golden State I don't understand this and I also don't get like so I guess the idea is they trade Wiggins for him you like, trade, you trade, dude. You trade Wiggins, Draymond, and like any draft capital. Yeah, like when they the talk Knicks. about it, that's that's what they're saying, I guess, right? Wiggins and Draymond. Like, yeah. Why? Why would Milwaukee? I guess then they'd have Middleton and Wiggins as their guys. Surely they'd be better off out there, right? I, I assume mean, for, for a one-year rental of <laughs> Greek Freak, like he's not leaving this summer anyway. So the trade stuff is pointless. But yes. Yeah, you're not um, you're not trading him while he's still under contract. I guess no. they're thinking is a sign and trade. Like, sign and trade. Yeah, yeah. He, he signs with Golden State, and then. But even if you're Milwaukee, just like, just sign, let him sign outright. Like you don't want Andrew Wiggins on that. Exactly, because yeah, he couldn't sign outright for them because their cap is like destroyed. It? Right, so, they they would have to because this is what they did with Durant. Is like Durant couldn't sign outright, but Durant wanted to go to that team, and so they're like, all right, Barnes is getting traded. Like they just yeah. traded all their contracts to where they were essentially stripped down to Iguodala, Draymond, Stephen Clay, and then they just filled in the pieces around those five, which was fairly simple to do. I just feel like when he's a free agent, if there's not a team with cap space that he wants to go to, I feel like there will be so many like wacky options on the table for the Bucks that are better than Wiggins and Draymond. Like I just don't, I don't get. Yeah. You know, but again, this we're doing it now. We're doing it now. Hopefully. Look, <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't have to leave Milwaukee as much as it would help me in, in the Sixers suffering. Um, you know, because we built a team to beat them and now I have like two players left from that team because everyone's hurt and, you know, that's the way it goes. Jeremy, I'm not going to talk about it, so I wouldn't. But I'm rooting for the Oklahoma City Thunder, as I told you. Uh, Chris Paul as finals MVP is one of the great redemption stories in the history of sports. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Sign me up. I'm ready for him to just, just run through the West. You know, it'd be amazing. Chris Paul guarding Greek Freak down the stretch in the finals games, pickpocketed and stuff. It'd be great. Uh, they play tonight. The Bucks and Thunder play tonight, yeah. actually. That's a big game. Finals preview. Yeah, finals, finals preview. preview. Uh, it's probably not going to be that competitive. OKC played last night, and then it's a back-to-back at at Milwaukee. Like, that's a that's a tough ask. But this, this Thunder team, they, they scrap, like, they they maybe fun. they'll make it close. Yeah. It, it'll be. I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'll be at a hockey game, but hopefully, hopefully they play well. Do you, um, I mean, we, we you know we talk about basketball we're have about 15 minutes, but are you a little bit regretful that you know, like you guys didn't move anyone at the trade deadline, right? Do you kind of look back and think, man, what if we'd have just added like a wing rather than taking anything away? Like they didn't take anything away, so why if they'd have added one piece? Because four of your starters are like very good players. Some more so. Uh, the wing is a little wait, bit... Wait, wait, who, who is the starter that's not good? 
Don't, don't the start of the, every night appears to change on the box score. I have no clue what's going on in that position. They, he started as Ferguson, right? No, no, Ferguson's not good, actually, but he's he's on the bench. Uh, the great Lou Dort, two-way player Lou Dort. That's who's starting now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He's awesome. Who started most of the year there, then? Ferguson, and he wasn't okay, yeah. good. Yeah. It's crazy that he like played all of last season, right? It's kind of odd if you look back on it. He, yeah. he shot well last season. Like... He was a very good 3 and D guy, and then this year, like, he just can't shoot. And he not only can't shoot, like, he has no confidence to do anything else. Like, you put the ball in his hands, if he hesitates on his shot, it's it's essentially a turnover. And right now, with the way he's been shooting, a, a shot is a turnover as well. Like, it, it's, who was it's ugly. Your, who was your other star last year? Grant. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Jeremy Grant was good. Yeah, so you... I just think it's interesting. I mean, if you'd have acquired, like, a different wing it would be very interesting i don't know because the team is legit good with, with with that thinking is like i don't know who was out there i guess they could have gotten in on covington like really they could have gotten in awesome. on anyone you you i would offer... have been all in like... all in if you'd have got covington yes good idea Jeremy. let's go back in time let's, let's redo this like you you offer any of those first round picks and you could have gotten in on literally anyone you would have gotten yeah. but i don't i don't think that was their thinking their thinking was you know, we're gonna ride it out with this team, see what yeah. happens, and then in the off season, we'll we'll start trying to figure things out from there. I'm fine with that. I 100%. I, I really love the position they're in because there's no expectations if they don't win the title this year. They got to win one or two playoff games, two playoff games, and they're already better than they were last year. That's crazy, right? That is so wild, man. <laughs> that is mad. We were talking about it, but Rockets Thunder is like the ultimate narrative series of all narratives. Like, there's so much stuff going on there, story-wise. That would be unbearable for you. I understand that, but it'd be a lot of fun for me to watch as like just neutral Covington slash Jeremy Lambert supporter, you know. It would be a great series if the Thunder win, but yes. if they lose, then yeah, <laughs> it's going to be not oh. not so great of a series with all the, the narratives around that. But I'm not doubting this Thunder team. This Thunder team is the the best team. I maybe Not the best team. The most enjoyable team I've watched since mm-hmm. I've started really have a rooting interest in the Thunder because... That's Ex- cool. Expectations are just, they're not there, and they're good, and it's fun. Like, I feel for you, I know what it's like to be in that position. Yeah, you can relate to Yes, this. I, I can relate. It's very weird how, like, Thunder and Sixers fans are very, like, intertwined with that. Yeah. Because I I have other Sixers friends, and, yeah, they're, they're just like, this season is miserable, and it's I legit think like if you polled Sixers fans, they'd just like resign the season, like just forfeit, just leave, just leave the season, give them the line spot the playoff spot, you know, like we do it done, we're finished. Go home, let everyone heal, and we'll figure out how we're gonna get away from some of these contracts. <laughs> that's where we're all at, I think. That that's exactly where Thunder fans have been yes. over the past yes. few years. So yeah. It's and the parallels too with like losing games you should win because like yeah. your team just does decides like eh this is an easy game we'll just coast or blowing leads in the fourth quarter like i get it like anytime i see this sixer stuff i was like i get it yeah it's also the thing of like russ would always end up in national media like, after the first triple double thing he would always end up in national media for something that was like a criticism that's also very six yes that, that's like, very good right now i couldn't believe after Ben got a back injury, it was like 
Embiid had a 49-point game. The next day, they were like, should they just ditch Simmons and move on? It's like, Jesus, man. Guys just got injured a day ago. Like, it's just chill a little bit. But yeah, that stuff is also awful. That's very much... We're kindred spirits, right? We understand what it's going through here. Yeah. Well, as I've learned from the Thunder in the playoffs, uh, don't... No matter what happens, just don't buy in. Just don't yeah, do it. Yeah. Don't watch the hype video. No. Just leave it. Just suffer. Just suffer. Just sort of grimace through it, and you, you'll be fine. That's I, good, remember, good I remember last year being... Cause, do you remember how crazy like the final day of the season was last year where like Portland rested all their starters... And like if they had lose, they would have been like the fourth seed, but they ended up winning, so they were right, the third. Like, yeah. And like all like Denver had like this like thirty point comeback against the Kings. I'm over exaggerating, but like it was like all this crazy stuff had to happen for the seedings to break a certain way. And like they broke that way, and I was looking at it from Thunder fans like, Oh, we got Portland. Like Portland's not that good. And then we yeah. can get Denver in the second round. Like, all right, they they've killed us, but like that's a better matchup, right? Yeah. Right, like like that, you don't want the Warriors or the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Like that that's good. Like, man, they could make the Western Conference Finals. Like, you talk yourself into it, and then you realize like Russ can't shoot. Paul George shoulder is just completely burned. Donovan for some reason can't scheme to to double high on on Lillard and it's, or blitz Lillard on the pick and roll, and it's just like sure. Like I talked myself into this team being in the Western Conference Finals and they win one playoff game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least there's like something to take from that even in your best case, you knew the limitations. You just didn't realize how far them limitations took. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it would have been worse if you was looking at like Golden State, take them in six, you know? Like, <laughs> but yeah, that was tough. That Portland series was tough. But you know, we don't, we don't have to bring up negative things, Jeremy. We've had enough suffering today. Look, feel, that, you know? shot, that shot gave us this version of the Thunder, so... Uh, True. I'm I thought fine. he was going to say, give us this podcast. And I was thinking, did it? I was like so confused <laughs> then for a moment. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Dude, you gave me Chris Paul. Point God. Point, Point God. God, Chris Paul. I love mm-hmm. that guy. What a baby face turn that man has had Amazing. this year. The best. The absolute best. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap things up. I like how we always go like 15 minutes over with basketball talk. Yeah. Uh, we will be back in our normal time slots of... When's our normal? Seven o'clock on Thursdays mm-hmm. next week. We had to make some adjustments due to WWE counter programming against us. What a bunch of dicks they are for that. Joe, what do you have going on? You got the big Hangman page feature coming out tomorrow. Yeah, I have to apologize uh, because I did claim that this was the first AEW feature. I did a feature about AEW's first show. So that should show you how much I know about what's going on. But yes, Hangman page. Uh, tomorrow, I believe, I've been told anyway. I'm very excited for Revolution. The, the Twitter gimmick, you know the Twitter deal. The Twitter's very bad right now. I, I don't even want to endorse my thing. But I'm there if you need me. We all know the rules. And, uh, yeah, next week, back to the usual time slot. This was fun, though, you know, having the having the, the brightness gleam off the side of my face. I enjoyed it. It was felt different, different vibes. Though. And we, we amped up the NBA talk, which is always good, you know. Uh, follow Joe on Twitter at JoeHolbert5. You can see it if you're watching on YouTube in the, the graphic below. You can find me on Twitter at JeremyLambert88. Um, I'll be around all weekend with the uh, Revolution stuff. Fightful.com, everyone. Sean's going to be in Chicago this week, which means I get to run the site and do what I want with it. My chancellor. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Sean and Jimmy don't listen to this show, so they're going to be like, what What is he talking about? Um, 
Yeah, Fightful.com will have plenty of coverage of AEW Revolution. There's like some ROH shows going on this week as well. Evolve is on Facebook. Joe, tell tell the people how excited you are for Evolve on Facebook. Dude, I'm telling you now, when they sell the pay-per-views off the network and try to email me about Evolve being the new <laughs> shit I'm paying for, that will be the, that will be a different episode of Distraction, I promise you. <laughs> That's that will be a that's a moment I'm not intending to reach anytime soon. Trust me. Again, uh, fightful.com, fightfulselect.com. You can get Joe's features early if you want to raid that Hangman Page feature 24 hours before it comes out. Go to fightfulselect.com. I believe it's on the the. I believe you're on the ten dollar tier. You're big time. I was gonna say like you can do that, but if you DM me and send me like hundred bucks, I'll email it <laughs> to you immediately. So. You're like, if you want to spend more money, you're a little bit crazy, but it would be very nice for me, you know, like, but you have to make the offer. I'll just ignore it if it's not up to par. I'm thinking 100 is minimum, Jeremy. Is that okay? Do you think? You know, it's a lot of words, right? It's a lot of words, so. Look, I have early access to all this. I could have DM'd you much, much earlier. If you want, if you want it from me, 50 bucks. I'm undercutting you big time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You just took me off the market immediately on day one. Yeah. Uh, com. you get exclusive news extra audio early access to, to Joe's columns things like that everyone check out the if you're excited for Revolution AEW Power Rankings brought to you by yours truly real sports a lot of real fake news in the Power Rankings um, I baited people with the headline this week to, to get those extra oh, clicks no. yeah. what was the headline I didn't see the headline uh, it was it was like John Moxley was fined for headbutting Chris Jericho oh. And, and then I had a had a gimmick on like what is Chris Jericho's mindset going into the Revolution match? So like yeah, get get people to click and then realize wait a second these aren't this is satire here this is an actual news. Um, In many ways, all wrestling is satire. So exactly. you know. You're doing it the right way because you're just being upfront with it. That's the way it should be, I feel. Exactly. Thank you. I'm not a troll. How dare you, yeah. <laughs> Uh Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will be back next week, normal time slot, 7 p.m. on Thursday. Hope everyone enjoys the weekend. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.